Alright. Today I would like to talk about a lesson from a rusty pipe for the stressed heart. I love allegories and analogies because sometimes they give us handles to see truth in a new way and makes it more applicable. But let's start with scripture. Turn to Matthew 16, 18. I'm just going to go through a couple of references so you don't have to follow me to each one. Matthew 16, 18. Jesus says, I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Okay, Psalm 127, you you know that one already. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is vain for you to get up early, to go to bed late, to eat the bread of painful toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Okay, Philippians 1.6. You probably know this one too, Philippians 1.6. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Psalm 37. If you're listening to these, you might be picking up on the common theme here. Psalm 37. I'm not going to read the whole psalm. I have seen, this is verse 35. I have seen a wicked, violent man spreading himself like a luxuriant tree in its native soil. Then he passed away, and lo, he was no more. I sought for him, but he could not be found. Mark the blameless man, and behold the upright, for the man of peace will have a posterity, but transgressors will be altogether destroyed. The posterity of the wicked will be cut off, but the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. Last one to look at. Psalm 27, verse 14. And you could really you could read the whole psalm. But 27, verse 14. Start in 13. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for Yahweh. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for Yahweh. Okay, so. Anybody notice the common theme between all those different verses? Kind of a... You have to guess the specific one that I'm thinking. So I'll just tell you by skipping to the lesson from the rusty pipe. Be like water. And by being like water, I don't mean in some sort of weird new agey way. Because water plays the long game. So y'all know that I work with water and plumbing and so on. And there are plenty of times that we will go out to job sites. And you tell me, which is stronger, water or steel? That's kind of a trick question. In the immediate sense, steel is stronger. Steel can force water to go wherever. You can contain water at extremely high pressure in steel. You can use steel as as a boat. Steel can force that water to hold the weight of an entire ship. Steel is stronger than water in the short term. 
But in the long term, water wins. I've been on so many job sites where you go out there and the steel is just, it's, it's holding its shape, but what used to be this much steel is now this much rust. And it's just all built up and corroded and you just turn it wrong and it just, just disintegrates. Because water plays the long game. Now, that's picture, right? It's an analogy. But we went through all those verses because as Christians, we serve a God who plays the long game. And he calls us to play the long game. To think in terms of the kingdom advancing so that our day-to-day walk is part of a bigger picture. These different verses talk about all sorts of different things. From Jesus building his church. What is that? That's, that's, that's a spoiler. Jesus gave us the spoiler to the TV show of history. He told us the ending. He's building his church and the gates of hell won't prevail. The devil loses. Hell gets defeated. That's, that's the last episode. That's how this thing ends. That, that history is going to go like this. There's ups and there's downs. But the trajectory, the big picture, Jesus is playing the long game. And at the end of it, there's going to be a church to which the nations will stream and bow and worship before the king. That's the end game. We see that regarding the church, we see the wicked in the Psalms. What do the Psalms tell us? I see the wicked and they're prosperous and they're winning. They're doing great. They're fat and happy and they have all their heart desires. But I see the end coming. I see a faithful God who will bring judgment in the end. They will not win forever. So don't fear. Oh heart, I will not fear. I will trust in Yahweh because he keeps his promises. He is fattening the calf for the day of slaughter. Paul talks about it on a personal level. I I am confident of this very thing. He who began a good work in you will perfect it. Paul sees the end game. He sees the big picture. Paul sees that, yeah, you've got issues now, but I am confident, confident of this very thing. Not, I'm hoping, I'm wishing that maybe God will perfect you. I don't know. You guys look kind of sketchy. But rather, I am confident of this very thing. You began a good work and you will perfect it. Paul sees the big picture. Psalm 127, a Christian home, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. So it's not a question of in my, in my working up enough steam to do it right. And there we go. I, yes, perfected it today. That's it. Check that box. My house is built. No, this is a long process reliant on the strength and grace of God. So in each of those examples, we see what? We see God playing the long game and calling us to play the long game. It is to our shame that oftentimes the world gets this better than the church does. Too often we are like the girl in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Is it Veruca Salt? I can't remember which one it is, but I want it now. That is, I mean, that, that's our generation in a, in a nutshell, right? We can get anything immediately. I can microwave my food. I can download that song I heard on the radio from the, the iTunes store like that. It's now my song. I own it. Just anything. You can order it on Amazon. It arrives tomorrow. Just constantly. And that's not all bad. I'm not condemning that. I'm saying we have to guard our hearts against 
This idea that everything is supposed to happen right now. God plays the long game. Farmers used to have to play the long game. You sow, and you wait. Then you harvest. I mean, farmers still have to play the long game, but most of us, we drive to Walmart, we buy, we come home, and we eat. There's not a long game there anymore. Is that a bad thing? Well, no, it's a, it's a blessing. But we can't lose the perspective of the way God designed the world to work. The enemy knows this. So we're in a, we're in a war, and we're, we're called to tune in, to think like warriors, to get serious about what is going on. And the enemy knows that this is a long game proposition. The enemy lays plans. How many um, stories have you heard of the, the meetings of the Marxists or the feminists or whatever? How do, how do we take over? We destroy the Christian household. And how do we do that? By destroying the, the patriarch. And how do we do that? By making free sex and destroying morality. And they have a plan. And they get it. This is a long game, and it might not be in my generation, but three generations later, we'll have the women aborting their babies, and we'll have the families in, in disarray, and everyone will be in the public schools, and we'll get to teach them what we want. They're playing the long game. Shame on us if we don't get it, if we don't see it. How many of you saw the statue in New York City that was recently unveiled in honor of a woman's right to choose. The thing is a monstrosity, and it looks like an old idol to a fertility goddess. It's a, a female with no clothing and, like, big horns and very bizarre and demonic-looking, and just unveiled in New York City in honor of abortion rights. They're not even hiding their hand anymore. There's a war on, and it is Christ versus the devil. But that, they didn't start off with the, the monument to Ashtoreth. They started off with Planned Parenthood and women's liberation and all these different, these different ideologies, Marxism, public school. They worked it over a long period of time. They played the long game. Now, we know how that ends. In the end, the kingdom of God will be triumphant. But we're called to play the long game. When I think about the analogy of steel, one of the things that I think about is that steel can force water to go where it doesn't want to go. And throughout history, you see the kingdoms of this world persecuting the church of Christ, hindering the church of Christ, trying to silence the church of Christ, forbidding preaching the gospel, forbidding translating scripture, all these different things, trying to squelch the gospel. And the gospel always corrodes its way through. The gospel wins. Jesus wins. So we don't have to fear when we see the encroaching powers of darkness. We can rejoice and walk by faith. And that's true regardless of your eschatology. I don't care if you're post-mill or pre-mill. Jesus wins regardless. So rejoice and be faithful and look forward to what he's going to do. So let's make it practical. Because our stress, my stress, my personal stress, anxiety, anger, fill in the blank, so often arises from this attitude of I want it now. Not necessarily consciously, but this I, I want to I fix all the things. Whether it's persecution and politics 
and you look around at the world around us and it's just so disheartening. Yeah, oh, I, just, I, I wish it was all fixed and I wish that the voting was accurate and I wish that this and that. And I want it now. That'll stress you out. That'll make your heart burdened and you'll look around and you'll feel depressed if you're looking at the here and now. But that's, there's your out there perspective. What about like parenting? I want my kids to do what they're supposed to and I want them to do it right now. What does that lead to? That leads to, in my strength, I'm going to make this kid do what this kid is supposed to do. What's wrong with you? Why, why won't you do what you're supposed to do? It's not that hard. And now I'm parenting in the flesh. What does flesh do? Flesh gives birth to flesh. So am I helping? No. I'm not playing the long game. I'm not seeing the kingdom picture. That yes, I need to train and discipline my children, but it needs to be from love, by faith, not because I am making you do what you're supposed to so that you're a good kid, but because I am trusting God to work in you through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the gospel in your heart. And that is my priority. If God does that, then, then I win. I'm happy, Amen. right? If God doesn't do that, then I don't care how good of a kid you are. I don't care how squeaky clean your Spotify playlist is. Your heart is dead and I missed it. And I raised a little Pharisee. So this is not to downplay. Of course, I want to train my children to do what is right. But I want a heart that sees the long game instead of a heart that sees, why are you fussing again? I want a heart that sees a future adult. A heart that sees a soul, a human soul that I'm shaping and not just an annoying thing I have to deal with now. I wasn't planning on this today. Play the long game. Make investments. I hope and pray that these kids are bearing fruit in 40 years and that's how I want to parent them right now. But do you see how that affects your emotions? How that changes your perspective? Now I am so much less ready to get irritated. Because instead of thinking in terms of what I and my flesh and my strength have to bring to pass now, I am seeing the big picture. I am praying and relying on the grace of God to do what only the grace of God can do. Now I'm free. Now I can just obey Jesus and do my best. And I don't have to carry all that weight of stress and, and forcing, making it happen. This will change your marriage. If your attitude towards your spouse, and this goes both ways, husband to wife, wife to husband, if your attitude towards your spouse is they're getting this wrong, they don't understand, they're doing this wrong, and I've got, they've got to, I've got to explain this and make them get this. It's so important. It's such a big deal. They're getting it wrong. That'll stress out your marriage. That'll turn conversations into arguments because you're, you're messed up and I've got to fix you. I've got to make you stop doing this wrong. Instead, I've got to realize this is, what is the big picture here? What is the main thing? The main thing is the Lord wants us to be one flesh. The Lord wants me to love my wife. The Lord wants her to respect her husband. And I don't, not only do I not have to, but I actually can't fix her. She's thinking something wrong. This isn't to to deny that I have a, a job as a husband to lead her to Christ, to sanctify her in the water of the world. Word, Or that she has a job as a wife to encourage me biblically and to confront me when I'm walking in sin, things like that. We do have that job for each other, but you can come at it with a heart of, okay, I've got to fix this. Why aren't you listening? You're getting this wrong. And now I'm in, in the flesh. 
and flesh gives birth to flesh. Or I can come at it with a mindset of, God's got to change your mind. I can't. And what's more, I don't have to. I don't want to. I love you. Yeah, I mean, I want to lay out the truth. I hope, I hope you see it. I could be wrong. So I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to pray for you. And at the end of the day, I can let it go. I don't have to fight. Because I'm trusting in the big picture, the gospel of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit to work in your heart. So I can do my job. I can obey Christ. And I'm free. I am stress-free. I am anger-free. I'm anxiety-free because I'm just walking in humble obedience and trusting in the power of God to do what I cannot. You can apply that to your, your job. You go to work. Did you mess up? Ah, I messed up again. I'm not going to get a raise. I'm not going to be able to provide for my family. The anxiety just stacks right up. Stress, anger. Ah, my, my boss is this and my coworker is that. And I can... Ah. Or, what's the big picture? The Lord has called me to be here. I'm going to do my best. I can't do it perfectly. I can't avoid making mistakes. Because I'm a human. I'm, I fail. But I can trust in the grace of Christ. I can trust that he who began a good work in me will perfect it in all the ways. Spiritually, physically, vocationally. He is doing it. So I can work with joy. I don't have to carry that. I can trust in the grace of Christ. Big picture, which is more important, having joy or doing every single job right? Having joy, bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Far more important than getting every, every pipe connection tightened correctly or whatever. It's more important that you're walking with Jesus. Now, does he care how you work? Of course. Should you be diligent and skillful? Of course. But it should be a diligence and skill that comes from faith. Trusting in God, playing the long game. I got to have family time. I got to lose weight. I got to get elected to political office. I got to fill in the blank. All of these things build up stress, anxiety in our hearts, make us angry, make us joyless. And we have the opportunity to wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord, obey him faithfully, be like water and play the long game. Because God is building his church. Jesus is building his church. If you trust in you, if I trust in me, I will be stressed to pieces. Because I will be trying to do the work that God is supposed to do. That the Holy Spirit is supposed to do. If I trust in him, his gospel, his grace, his Holy Spirit, then all I have to do is obey by faith. Obey by faith, and he, in his power, is going to corrode the darkness. It's going to fall apart. See it however you want to see it. Family, church, state, politics, your marriage, whatever. And that doesn't always mean it ends the way we want it to. It doesn't always mean that there's not a season of political persecution or of, of marriage problems. That doesn't mean that no child walks away from the faith. It does mean that we can trust the Lord. And have a heart of joy. We can walk free. Obey freely. Humbly. With happy hearts. And trust that as I humble myself under the mighty hand of God. He will exalt me. He will build his church. And I'm playing the long game. I'm looking to heaven. I see the victory that's coming. I have hope. I have joy. Christ shall have dominion. In this world. In the world to come. I've got nothing to fear. 
That's how we're called to live. That's how we have the opportunity to live. So be like water. Play the long game. Our God does. And because of that, we can have great hope. Amen. That's huge. Thanks, Dad. I got to just recap that briefly so that it gets on the recording because those are great applications. Whether it's for young men vocationally, sticking with something. See that so often. Oh, I want to do this. I want to be a this. And then six months, two years later, whatever. Um, now I want to be a this. Now I want to be a that. You're, well, you're never, you're never going to become a, a master X unless you do the work of being a non-master X for years and years and years. That's playing the long game. That's how are you going to provide for your, your children's children through what you're doing? You can't do it by two years here and two years here and two years here. You've got to invest, pour yourself in. We're so used to that. I want it now, gratification. And the other, the other one being in a church, amen. Well, this church doesn't have a this. And I've tried for like two years to get them to do it right. Okay, well, it's part of being in a family. Don't stop trying. Keep going. They need you. You need them. That's how you bear fruit. By labor, long-term labor. Play that long game. Amen.